Hey, we're going to talk, uh, we're going to talk about Noah's Ark, and, and I'm not telling you you don't have to believe in it, like traditional, okay? If you want to believe in it, that's fine. What I really want to show you that tonight, though, is, is really how Apostle Paul and all the early church interpreted the scriptures and find the, the love and the beauty in it. Is that okay with you guys? Because Brad and I were talking about this a lot, is most of the, what we were taught because of separation and, and uh, eternal torture and all these things, which um, is not natural. You know, it's really, in our opinion, it's kind of spiritual abuse. And, you know, so I, I have no problem if you think there was a boat that the naked mole rat and the, the hippo cruised on and got on in Turkey or somewhere. And the elephants. What I think it really hurts young people when they go, God was willing to wipe out everybody except for eight and every animal. Because most kids are really compassionate with animals, aren't they? And they're going, why would God do that? Because if he did it once, he could do it again, Right. So we're going we're to see it through the eyes of Paul, how he interpreted the scriptures. You guys okay with that? And it's actually beautiful. I think you'll like it. So Jesus says there's one parable that you need to understand, otherwise you're going to miss it all. And that which is what? The sower sows the word. And then he tells you what it's all about, right? He goes, your heart is the soil. And some people hear it, and they receive it, and they return 30, 60, 100-fold. Some people get excited about it, but then... They don't let it take root and all the different things. And so he tells us, if you don't understand that parable, you're not going to understand anything I teach, which now I think when we start to take all these Old Testament stories, literally we come up with all the theology of he's willing to wipe out everybody. Isn't that a bad theology? In my opinion, it is. So anyway, yeah, it's just, uh, uh, oh, it's so much better. I'm just going to show you the good news out of it, okay? Because it's, if it, it has to fit that parable, in my opinion, and it does beautifully. Once you, once you see it in the Hebrew, Versus, uh, it's kind of like, um, and I, I use this example a lot, it's like Galatians 4, if we, and I actually was with a group of Muslims, I've told you this, in Denver, and they were hammering me on the story of Isaac and Ishmael, right? Because if we're going to take our scriptures literally versus finding the beauty and the allegory in it, like Paul did, um, if we just read the Old Testament, Isaac and Ishmael and Hagar, and it says God kicks out Hagar and Ishmael, that sounds bad, doesn't it? How does perfect love do that? Would perfect love ever do that? No. So then Paul tells us what it's really about. He goes, it's an allegory. And it's not about Isaac and Ishmael. And by the end of the night, all the Muslims were my best friend. It was really awesome. They, they really were. It's, uh, his wife got healed physically and everything is just beautiful. Isn't that fun? I, <laughs> whereas if I'm trying to convert them, I'm probably going to get my head cut off. Versus just love them, Right? Which is, they're fun to me. I just, I love it. I got a story about a Muslim lady with Brad. It was fun. So anyway, um, then once they got it, like, no, no, it's not about that. Or uh, does perfect, could perfect love ever hate someone? No, right. We, if we have little kids and we're trying to teach them, we don't really want them to hate anybody, do we? So somehow the God that most of us were taught is worse than our little kids, what we're trying to train them. Because it says, uh, Esau I hated. Well, did God really hate Esau? No, of course not. So what's it about? It's about an allegory. It's, it's something else. It's something much deeper and more beautiful. Does that help you guys? So I'll start there because Jesus says, the law, the Psalms, and the prophets are written about who? Him. Jesus, right? And the only person he ever really pushed back on hard were who? The Pharisees and the Sadducees. The people that were teaching them um, that you're only blessed if, if physical lineage, if you were born as a Jew, or if you follow the laws correctly. And then he says, you know what? Why are you putting these un... You stiff-necked people... He calls them bad things, actually. Um, he, he calls the high priest the devil, which that's not happy, right? 
So, <laughs> and then he says, why are you putting these yokes on people that you yourselves can't follow, you whitewashed tombs, etc." But to the quote-unquote average person, the, the woman caught in the act of adultery, which is you and I, we're always the woman in scriptures. We're always the bride, the woman, right? And, uh, or um, the tax collectors or any, any of the quote-unquote outcasts, the woman at the well, right? How did he treat them? Perfect love, didn't he? Perfect love. And so that's who he is. That's his real thing. And, and so anybody that, that uh, tried to put something else on where you have to follow these rules, etc., in order to be blessed by God, he really pushed back hard on that. So that's the only thing we push back hard on is, uh, hey, you know what? Because get, it ends up hurting ourselves. Is we, 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 start, we start to become like the, the God that we worship. So if we think God's really judgmental, guess what? We really be get judgmental, don't we? And uh, because that's in us. And so anyway, but a couple, uh, couple, if we can hit this first slide real quick of the, so um, how many guys went to Wings and Worship that, the last time we were here? You see her teeth? Yeah. Isn't that cool? So uh, a lot of us were there, and, and this is a server at uh, James and Rhonda's place, and she had no teeth. And so uh, I just asked uh, James and Rhonda, I said, hey, you know what? Talk to her discreetly, because I don't want to embarrass her, but I said, we, we have this thing called Inspire 100 that I'd love to fix her teeth. And uh, so they sent me this picture this week, so those are her new teeth. And she looks incredible, doesn't she? That's why I told Rhonda, I said, her countenance is total. I don't even recognize her, honestly. Like, her, now that she has a full set of teeth, her self-image goes up and she does, doesn't she? I, I said, this doesn't even look like the same lady. So uh, uh, thank you. And we're still, we're still uh, for all you guys that give online to Inspire, and uh, we're still raising money for Chris's friend that with the, the, the single mom with the prosthetic and so um, here's how all that works, guys, is uh, if you want to give uh, one time, you can just do it at freedomministries.org. You can hit donate, and then the, um, there's a place at the bottom that you can just say Inspire 100, right? If you want to do a monthly thing, which is 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month, you can go to inspire100.org, okay? And the whole goal is really, hey, if 100 of us gave 100 bucks a month, that's 10,000 a month to do things like this. You know, Chris, is, uh, Chris and Kimmy's friend, with the prosthetic, and, and uh, there's a ton of things coming in right now. Oh, and another one, I don't know if you remember, um, there was a single mom, and she, she couldn't work. She, she had lost her job because of her health, and, and so uh, we paid for her utilities, her rent, um, just so they could stay in their house, and so they just sent us a, they sent you, I get it, but it's really, I'm, I'm doing this for you. I get the, the cool mail, but uh, this is just from the daughter, because the daughter was like, hey, can you help my mom? And she's getting straight A's in high school. Isn't that cool? That's just awesome. And so it's short, but she says, hello, thank you for the support you've provided us in this time of need. May God continue blessing you and your family. We're so very thankful. Best wishes, Lindsay, and I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Um, Lucy, I think it's Hispanic, Aracely? Aracely? A-R-A-C-E-L-Y Gonzalez. No? I don't know. Oh, Araceli, maybe. Araceli? Araceli, oh, okay. See, white kid from Iowa, sorry. So, uh, uh, oh, yeah, okay, well, the chief shirt, what's this all about? All right, there's a cool testimony about this. So if you don't know, I love, I love, I just started this a couple months ago because there's people all over the world now. Um, uh, I love the corny T-shirts and different things like that. So if you, if you send me a shirt, and as long as it's too not, raun- not too raunchy, I'll wear it and tell you where it's from. So 
This is a cool testimony of you guys online. Um, my friends, Mike and Teresa Muller, we just found out they're from Independence, so I called them, right? Independence, Missouri. So he, he was watching, and this was uh, before the Chiefs were in the AFC Championship game. And here's how a lot of people are receiving their miracles, guys. Honestly, they're, they're visualizing me sharing their testimony from up here. And they're going, how would I feel if, if Mike just read my testimony and my miracle happened? So Mike was telling me, he said, uh, I clearly saw it. He's like, from that on, I clearly saw you up here with the Chiefs shirt on. And in the AFC Championship, Mike, you could probably correct me, some of you guys, but they went down like 21-0 or 27-0 or something like that. He's like, didn't bug me because I saw saw you sharing it. So this is from them. So uh, I'm a Dolphins fan, so you got to pray harder for that one. So that's what that's about. So if you send me a shirt, I'd love it, love it as long as it's not, uh, and I'll tell you, it's just fun to hear where everybody's from, isn't it? All right, uh, next slide real quick. This is kind of cool I want to share with you. All right, um, this is Jay Owenhouse. These have been just beautiful people. Um, they have a very successful illusionist show with live tigers and everything. So they watch, and they're, they're, right now they're from Missoula, Montana, but uh, they just, they've just got a show on the Strip in Vegas. So they've, they've toured, and I want to share this testimony because this is pretty cool. So starting, and they're moving there in April, I think, or February. No, it's in the February, right? I think April. Um, and so he was going, you know what? It's, it's, uh, the financial layout is huge if you're on the Strip in Vegas. It's, like, huge, right? It kind of makes you, like, go, right? Um, and so he said, I want... I've been following you. I really feel God's telling me this is, this is how I was supposed to tie into you for prayer. And I've known him for a lot of years. And, and so um, I want to share something with you. This is kind of cool. So yeah, as a group, if we can just see, that's the, that's the big top tent they're going to have on the strip in Vegas. Like, so it's like Cirque du Soleil. They're doing the tent thing, which is pretty cool. So what I want to do is I told them, um, I think the show starts April 24. I said, here's what I would love to do is uh, do like an intense prayer thing, like, answered prayer like we've been talking about so we can really just get with people and spend a couple hours with them just to pray and then the next night go play with the tigers does that sound fun because they'll take you backstage and with the tigers and everything else it's it's so but i want to share there's a testimony behind this which i want to share with you as long as i brought it okay so i told him i he's like i love what you're teaching just if you guys can see two nights Two shows a night in Vegas, just people streaming out of there because they really do a, they really do a great God is good show, without overly religious proselytizing. I, I love the show actually; it's incredible. So, and you guys online too, if you're starting, uh, look for Jay Owen House, um, the ads, etc. They're starting in April. So I said, Jay, I know you've done this. What I'm teaching about how to visualize, and which is true prayer really to me. And um, I said, because you wouldn't have the success you've had. Any of you guys, any success that you guys have had, I promise this is what you're doing already. You're just confident in it. You're what, you've already wired yourself that this is what I do. And uh, you don't have any issues with it. It's the stuff we struggle with where we need to rewire. Follow me? So he goes, you're right. So I want to share this testimony with you. This is pretty cool. It starts out where um, he's from the Bay Area. And uh, his mom and dad had a, a, a tiger picture in their living room. And he just would look at it every day. He's like, you know what? Someday I'm going to work with tigers. And they actually, if you go look on YouTube, they, have them, they let them run through their house. It's, it's awesome. It's like, cool. 
That's what I said. And he invited me up, and I'm kicking myself. I didn't. <laughs> Actually, they're, they're little. You should see them. They're like big children. They're tearing stuff up and pillows and everything else. And they got big teeth, so you got to be careful. So anyway, so that started. And then he's like, uh, so he saw Journey. You guys familiar with the, the group Journey? Faithfully. And that's one of the best, right? Because he grew up in the Bay Area. And so he said, uh, in high school, I became a Journey fan. I remember building illusions on the weekends and listening over and over to songs like Faithfully, Don't Stop Believing, Who's Crying Now. Um, <clears throat> I love, uh, what's the one that said? When the lights go down in the city. Isn't that a great song? It was actually written about L.A., even though they grew up in the Bay Area. But anyway, that's a whole other story. What's great? Yeah. Well, that's where they're from. They actually wrote it about L.A. And then, yeah, but it, then they changed it to San Francisco, the, new, the music. So anyway, he saw, he saw that, and he says, Faithfully came out, the, the single, and it showed the band touring in their brand new 1982 Eagle Model 10 tour bus. As a young magician, I would watch that video over and over again, dreaming of someday touring in a bus just like Journey had. So he said, I wrote it on a three and a half, three, was it three by five card, three and a half by five, what's it called? Three, three by five? You, the old baking cards that my wife still uses. So um, a three by five card. Is that what it is? Or is it three and a half by five? Three by five? Why am I getting three and a half? Where am I getting that? Public school, Iowa. So three and a half by five, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so... He said, I, I, would wa- I, I wrote it down that three and a half, <laughs> three by five. If I say three and a half, just know what I'm talking about, okay? Index card. index card. Yes, there you go. Index card. Thank you. Make it easy for this Polish kid. Thank you. So index card. And he said, I set a date for myself where I'm going to have a bus. He goes, I didn't have it. I didn't know anything about buses. I didn't know anything about touring. I didn't. He said, I just kept looking at that card, visualized myself in this bus. He said it was about four, four months until the date he had set for himself internally. And he goes, it didn't feel or seem like I was any closer to than my dream. And then he says, David Copperfield's bus driver calls him out of the blue. He goes, to this day, I don't know how I got my number. Now, David Copperfield, this, this is pre-internet stuff, guys. Like, right? How do you find somebody's phone number? He says, David Copperfield's bus driver calls him up out of the blue and said, hey, I, you might be interested in this bus and comes and actually drives the bus for him ultimately. So he had this dream of having the same bus as Journey. Sure enough, David Copperfield's bus driver comes. And then this is where the story picks up again. So uh, the bus was called Rainmaker. It was an amazing blessing to our business, for our family for 18 years. Last summer in August, after many faithful years, Rainmaker just wore out. She left us stranded on a canyon highway outside of Missoula, Montana. It was frustrating, but I couldn't really be mad at her. She had endured 3 million miles. And so my son Peter reminded me, three million miles was equivalent to traveling to the moon and back six times. That's quite a bit. Uh, As I stood out on that highway that hot hot August day, waiting for the tow truck with my family, my crew, my dog Bobby, and my two tigers, I thought about 1983 and Journey video faithfully. It made me smile. God's been faithful in allowing me to fulfill my dream. I thought about fixing her because of all the great memories. However, I finally realized I just had to let her go. A week later, I happened to watch, so this was September of last year. Uh, a week later, I happened to watch the recent Journey documentary, Don't Stop Believing. It showed the band touring in their brand new Prevost Mirage XL2 tour bus. I was amazed. I hadn't realized how much the technology and comfort level inc- increased in the, mo- in the modern tour bus. So I began to visualize my new dream. This, God, this is so good. So in September, 
we went back on the road without a bus and spent the next three months traveling in suburbans. It was such a tough transition with a lot of all-night drives, and it seemed almost impossible to fulfill our tour commitment without a bus. Again, God was faithful. So September, they go on the tour going. In December, through another unique set of circumstances, which I couldn't orchestrate, we were able to buy the perfect bus for our family and crew. In fact, it was Journey's bus. And the exact same one I had seen in the documentary. Every time I hear a song of Journey, it makes me smile. They helped inspire me 30 years ago to dream. Now, every time I have the privilege to get on our new bus, I go back on tour, I think about Journey, the memories they made on the bus before us, and how important it is for all of us to look past our circumstances, look within, keep moving forward, and don't stop believing. So the next picture, I think I have it. Do I have it? That's the bus, Journey's bus that they got. Is that the power of vision and seeing it? The actual bus. And both times, he goes, I couldn't have done it in the natural. I had no idea how it happened. Isn't that cool? Woo. That's good stuff, guys. Um, that's exactly what we're teaching, right? So um, I'm going to share one more. Jennifer O'Fallon, I'll share your testimony next week because we were on prayer today, and it was really cool. But this is from uh, my friend Sue that, in the hometown I grew up with because this is exactly what we're talking about, Okay. She says, uh, I wanted to wait until I had a bunch of stuff to tell you about because I feel like a kid at Christmas. I'm bursting at the seams, but I promise to keep it short. I asked you for prayer. I felt I had roadblocks. I actually called in to work for two days and watched you nonstop. <laughs> I just needed to get my mind right and undo a lot of the BS. I, I found ans- And I found answers, thank you. On to the fun stuff. So my granddaughter has dealt with a horrible case of eczema on her hands for several years. It's gotten worse She gets teased and they're painful. She's only seven. She stays with me every weekend. Two weekends ago, her hands were so bad, they're full of cuts, the medication burned, and even Vaseline made her cry. I tried to envision her hands clear, but my mind wouldn't allow me to go there. So I held my two-year-old granddaughter's soft little hands, so she's feeling with her eyes closed, okay? So I hold my two-year-old granddaughter's soft little hands and prayed. I imagined I was holding my, my older daughter's granddaughter's hands, And I just thank God for her healing, feeling the soft hands. This is perfect prayer, guys, I'm telling you. I imagined I was holding, oh, I I didn't tell anyone. Actually, I totally forgot about it. I saw her last weekend and noticed her hands were way better. I asked her what she did. She said, nothing. I just laughed. It hit me. I couldn't believe I wasn't expecting what I saw. This weekend, they're perfect. Gratitude times 100. Isn't that cool? And then she says, uh, I've been going through a lot of back pain and hip pain, missing work, seeing specialists, made an appointment to see a new surgeon to talk about a hip replacement. She's my age, so. Uh, I like to fall asleep on my right side and haven't been able to do that for about a year. I can't walk more than a block without stopping. I wake myself up at night either from the pain or just hearing myself cry and moan because of the pain. However, it's been eight days now and I'm at zero level pain. The pain was literally constant before. I envisioned my hip joint hole I he- and healed And I was thankful. Eight days, I've been able to sleep on my right side. Straight up miracle. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? I love it. I love it. All right, you ready? All right, let's get into Noah's Ark. All right. So the law, the Psalms, and the prophets. The law is is in which books of the Bible? The five, right? The Torah, the Tanakh. So is this story in Genesis in the law? Yeah. So what's the story about? Jesus somewhere, right? He says, the law, the Psalms, and the prophets are written about me. Didn't he? 
Is this in the law? Then it's got to be about Jesus. Huh. (laughs) I'm just trying to show you how to look at Scripture, okay? So, all right. Now, there were Nephilim. <gasps> Let's and like I don't care if you think they're real giants and came down and had sex with women. I think you missed it. Okay, there were giants. It's the Hebrew word nephal. Any idea what nephal means? Lie. Nephilim with the yad mem. Just any time you put yad mem on the back of a noun in Hebrew, it makes it plural. Like hello. God, Elohim's gods. Does that make sense? Nephal, Nephilim. Got it? So here's what he's saying. There were giants. Literally, it means lies in the earth. Okay? So it says, there were lies in the earth in those days. And after that, when the sons of God, when the sons of God that came into the daughters of men, they, they bore children to them. The same became mighty men, which were old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every, now here's key. That every what? imagination and the thoughts of the heart was only evil continually. In Genesis, when he says, I've set before you life and death, what does he tell us to do? Choose life. If we start believing lies, what are we going to create? We're going to give birth to lies in our life. That's what this is about, okay? So, he says, God saw the wickedness of man was very great. Every imagination and the thoughts of her heart, that's why it says, guard your hearts and minds, because out of it are the Issues of life. It's literally boundaries of how much Zoe life you're going to experience. So if you think God's angry, you can only experience his love so much. Follow me? If you, if you think uh, God was willing to wipe out the entire creation once, then you, we come up with these theologies that he's going to do it again. But if he's perfect love, is he perfect love? And they probably quoted 1 Corinthians 13 at your wedding. And it says, agape love does what with wrong? Keeps no record of it. So when did he start? If he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's never kept record of wrong, when did he start? The lies. They started to believe lies. Follow me? And if we believe a lie in our heart, what do we experience? We experience the death of it. We experience. So if you think that God's stingy, then it's hard to live in abundance, right? If you think he sometimes heals, sometimes doesn't heal, there's always that nagging doubt that he might not heal. But you can't find it in Scripture. Jesus, anytime, anytime people came to him for whatever they're looking for, what was his response? What do you want? What do you want? According to your faith, be it unto you. He always gave them what they wanted. Always. You can't find it, right? Isn't that interesting? But somehow he's going to come back and he's really upset and he's, he's going to change. <laughs> no. So, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. All right. So their imagination and heart was evil continually, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, okay? So I think we have this idea because of the separation that God's up here and he looked at Noah and he goes, oh, Noah's a good guy. But Jesus comes in the new covenant and reveals, Lord teaches how to pray. And I'm pretty sure he probably taught him how to pray, didn't he? And he says what? He says, Father, which art in the heavens, Uranus, right? The, the heavens, And then if you continue in John, it says, there's so many things I want to tell you guys. Jesus is going, there's so many things I want to tell you, but you're not ready for it. But when the spirit of truth comes, he's going to teach you all things. You're going to bring all things to remembrance, and you're going to get this. And then he says, uh, so when John, John 14, where he says, you know what? When the spirit of sonship is sent, 
what's going to happen? You're going to realize that you're in the Father, the Father's in me, and we're in each other. So our Father which art in heaven, where's the Father? Isn't that the parable of parables? He goes, listen, everything comes from within here. Doesn't it? So where's the Father? So where's the eyes of the Lord? And if we're going to believe the narrative, it says, it says Noah was a perfect man. So if we're going to believe the, that all sin corrupted everybody from Adam, how about Noah? Didn't he come after Adam? So how was he perfect? Your book says he was. So that sin didn't touch him? I'm just giving you thought pieces, okay? To hopefully so you start interpreting Scripture beautifully versus angry. Follow me? Because if... if if Noah was perfect, it says he is in the scriptures, but he was descendant from Adam. Most of you guys were taught the original sin. We're all busted after that, right? But Noah was perfect in his days. That's what it said. So interesting, isn't it? So you think about that one for a little bit. So Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord in here. Now, what's Noah? So if you look, I just pulled it up. Venua. So I'm going to go in Hebrew again because I want you to see it. So Noah means rest, right? Which means Noah. And Venoa, if those orange words on there, I'm going to go from right to left. It's Vav, Nun, Chet. So in Hebrew, Vav is the man or the, or the upright man or the connector, right? So connect where, where heaven and earth meets is the connector, is the Vav. It's where? Man, right? So Vav is a man. Are you men? Okay. Nun is the seed of life. The parable is about what? planting seeds in the earth. And he says, the earth is your heart. I think Noah's saying the same thing. It says, in man, the seed of life is planted in Chet, the inner room. That's where you're going to find rest from your own labor. How do you live by the Spirit? That's what he's talking about, right? So you're, you, there, there are all these things happening. Their, their imagination and every thought of his heart was evil, but Noah looked within with the eyes of the Lord and planted the seeds of life in the inner room. Chet is the inner room or chamber. Isn't that cool? So it says the flood of lies or giants. Nafal is just a lie. Nephilim is lies, plural, are overcome by Noah, by rest, by planting the seeds of life within the inner chamber. Where's your inner chamber? Inside the secret place of the Most High. You see how all the stories are about the same thing? I'm going to meet you between the cherubim, the secret place of the Most High. Now we've been talking about it over and over and over, so maybe I'll talk about this this next slide. Does this sound, doesn't this sound like the parable of parables in the reign of the kingdom within man? Doesn't he say that? He goes, it's the Father's great pleasure to give you the kingdom of God, or the reign, that literally word is reign. So here's how you're going to reign. And then he says, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And if you go look at it in Greek, it says, what you're doing in the heavens... Is it what you're going to experience in the earth? What you're not allowing in the heavens, the inside, is what you're not going to be seen on the earth. What you do loose or allow in the heavens is what you're going to see loosed physically. Get it? It's all the same thing. It's all the same story after story after story after story after story. Okay? So I think Noah's the same thing because it says if, if, if you don't understand the parables, you're going to miss all, all my teaching. You good so far? Okay. So how do we find rest from our own labors? See what you desire with the eyes of the Lord, the inside eyes, not the physical eyes, right? The inside eyes, 
And what you see in the inner chamber is what's going to spring to life. Cool? All right, now let's get into the, the good stuff, this next slide again. All right, now this is Genesis 6.14. Now this is Hebrew, so don't get too messed up. All right. Noah, make for your, he goes, here's how you're going to be saved. Make for yourself an ark of wood. And then it says, oh, I've got to go through the Hebrew. <laughs> the end of the story is this. It's the Ark of the Covenant. When it, when it enters into um, the River Jordan, right? So they come out of Egypt, and then they, they build this Ark. The Ark is carried on the shoulders of men. On, on what? What are the things on the shoulders of men? Two poles of acacia wood. Wood. So wood... Hey, stubble is all a picture of what throughout Scripture symbolically? Man, right? Man. So think about this. Where he's going to dwell between the cherubim is carried on the shoulders of priests. Aren't you a nation of kings and priests? So what, what's that a picture of? There's two poles of wood. And I'm carrying the ark where heaven meets man. That's what Paul says. Don't you get it? You're the tabernacle that all those Old Testament stories are about. You get it. So cerebrum, your secret place of the Most High, is the exact same root as cherubim. And even in the temple, it says cherubim are imaginary creatures, things you imagine. Hello. <laughs> and then it says, when the high... So I don't want to get into the Hebrew... In Exodus, I think, is where, uh, no, it's in Joshua, Yeshua, Joshua. Gosh, you should know this, Mike. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Joshua 1, Yeshua, which is Jesus, right? Moses can't get you in, can he? So Joshua 1 says, Moses, your servant is dead. Now, Yeshua, crossover. Get it? Servanthood, this idea that you're a servanthood has to die. Enter into sonship. That's the whole parable of the, the prodigal son too, right? And here's what it says. It says, when the high priest and the Ark of the Covenant enter the River Jordan, and the River Jordan is at what? It's flooding. What's Noah's Ark about? There's a flood of lies. There's Nephilim all over. We're being deluged by lies, right? So it says, when the high priest and the Ark of the Covenant steps into the, the flood, what happens to the floodwaters? They recede back to a city called... Adam. All judgment goes back to the very first man. And then it says they stood there in the middle of the challenges, in the middle of the lies. It says the the priests with the Ark of the Covenant stood there and everybody crossed on dry ground. There's no judgment in Christ Jesus. Doesn't it say that? So what's this thing about? Why is it Ark, Ark, Ark? What's the wooden box? It's you and I. <laughs> All right? So anyway, make for yourself an ark of wood. Go, go for wood. Rooms make in the ark. Cover it inside and outside. I'll just tell you what it means right now. You were the wooden box, because wood was always symbolic of men. And in that wooden box is a left toff, right in there. Make rooms or dwelling places. Where does he say dwell? Dwell within, right? It says dwell in here. And in there, in that wooden box, is what? See that the last two letters, or the last, second to last word in Hebrew up on the top line? That's a left toff. 
What's a left tough? The beginning and the end. Jesus says, because if you still look in Hebrew, it says untranslatable. Jesus translates it for you. I am a left tough. So he goes, salvation is going to come from within, guys. Make yourself a wooden box, which is you and I. Dwell within that because the left tough is inside. Isn't that what he says? This mystery that's been hidden for ages but is now revealed is what? A left tough is in you. Christ Jesus is in you. It's always been there is what he says. It's been hidden for ages but is now revealed. So was it always there? According to scripture, it was. According to your pastor, it's not. Right? <laughs> your Bible school, it's not. But according to scripture, it is. It's been hidden for ages, but it's now revealed. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory, right? Isn't that fascinating? That's early church, guys. That was taught for the first four or 500 years. Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's a mystery that's now revealed. Amen? So anyway, so make for yourself a wooden box. Now, here's what's pretty interesting. Make for yourself an ark. Okay, See the third letter there, or the third word in Hebrew going from right to left? It says tavat, an ark. You guys see that? Okay, go from, see where it says 14? Make for yourself an ark. So let's look at that ark. Got it? So it's three Hebrew letters. The first one is taf, a left taf, taf. Now what's really interesting is taf, it's the last letter in Hebrew. Well, let me just go to the word first. Taf. I'll explain this. Bet, a left bet, bet is what? Inside the tent, inside the tabernacle, right? And then in, in Hebrew, if you look at it, there's a hay. There's a hay. So hay, I know Joseph Prince goes, it's God's grace, but it's much deeper and better than that. It's literally the fifth letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And it says, if you go study hay, it's behold or what you see, it's an open window. And it's also the creative ability of God himself. Yes, it's the Holy Spirit. So he says this. Now, Toph, which is really interesting, the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet, if you look at it in Hebrew, and the, the sign is two wooden sticks. Okay? The Ark of the Covenant was carried on how many wooden sticks? Two wooden sticks. It was on the shoulders of the priests. You're the priest. What's on your shoulders? What, what do you carry on your shoulders? the Ark of the Covenant, the cherubim, right? Do you get it? <laughs> so the, the letter Toph literally is two wooden sticks with a covering over it. Now check this out. So make for yourself an ark. That ark has the, the creative ability of God within the tabernacle and it's carried on two wooden sticks with a tent over it. That's you. That's you, guys. You're the wooden box. Then he says, rooms make in the ark. So rooms is just nest or dwelling place. If you look at it, I don't want to go through the Hebrew. Make in a left tof. That's Jesus Christ himself. The strong covenant of man. So a left is always the strength or the strong man, the lead man, etc. And tof is, it's, it means covenant, but the picture means two wooden, two wooden sticks with a covering over it is the covenant. So the strong covenant is you. I'm in you. Now here's where it really gets fun. So, and cover it inside and out with pitch. So cover. It's va, va kapar ta. So va is, is man. The first letter there. The last one is taf. So the covenant of man, 
Now let's look at the inside of it, Kopar, because this is really cool. We've been talking about, I've set before you life and death. You have the ability to shape and form through prayer. Do you not? Why are we praying if he's not going to answer our prayer? Follow me? What a waste of time. You're a really sucky dad if you don't answer prayer, in my opinion. And he's way better than us. So anyway, I just, yeah, gosh, I'm so thankful you guys are getting it because the miracles are just nonstop right now, aren't they? Just like people are getting it. Like, I want to see God healed and see yourself healed. <laughs> Stop begging. See yourself healed, right? I saw my, I couldn't get there because the feeling, I couldn't get there. My seven-year-old skin was so, so I just, what I did is I closed my eyes and I took my two-year-old skin and I started to feel it go, thank you, God, this is my seven-year-old granddaughter. A week later, she's whole. Hallelujah, man. Get it? Hey, send Esau, the flesh man, away and bring what man close to me? The smooth man, the spirit man, right? The giant, six toes, six fingers of David. Six is what? Flesh man, sense man, right? What did David do? Five, what kind of stones? Smooth stones. Everything physical gets conformed by the spirit. So five is the number of grace. Hey, right? The creative ability of God. So if you want to get rid of all the flesh nonsense we see, what's our weapon? Spirit. Take the creative ability of God within the smooth stones. See it? It's all the same. So anyway, so copair. It's kaf, pay, resh. Let's, let's start with the end. Resh is always man's head, right? Pay is... The picture is the back of a man's head, but it's also a mouth, the proclaimer. This is why Shaul, Saul, at the beginning, he's doing what to Christians? Killing them. And where is he getting his justification to kill them? The book. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So Shaul, Shaul, you know what Shaul is, Shin, right? The consumer the devourer, the teeth. So Shaul and Lamed, Shaul, Shin, Lamed is, is leader. So he was the devouring leader. And then he sees a great light. The blindness goes away. He sees. And then what happens when he sees? He changes his name from Shaul, Shin. He removes the devourer and replaces it with Pei. He became the proclaiming leader. It's all myth and allegory. It's beautiful, guys. So Shaul is returned to Paul once he saw it. Follow me? So pay is, is this proclamation. So here's how, you, here's how you cover. It says, man's covenant is what, and cough is to shape. So when, when you la- enter into the land flowing with milk and honey, it's, it's smooth, it's spirit, it's, it's liquid. Um, don't we have all those terminology for the Holy Spirit? It's like water and liquid, etc. So if I have a bottle of water, what's giving this water the shape? The bottle, right? If I pour it out, no shape. Follow me? Where's the Holy Spirit? In, through, and holds everything together is what John and Colossians say, doesn't it? So what this is, is cough, is, it's a picture of a cupped hand, meaning that you could pour fluid in here and it would take the shape of my hands. So he goes, here's how you shape the spirit within. Cough, what you proclaim within, the words within, your head. 
What you shape within, vocal part, is the covenant of man. And what you do inside, on the outside, now this is really interesting. We see this kopar again. So here's really what he's saying. What you shape with the spirit inside, on the outside, is what you're going to experience of what you kopard inside. So <laughs> that last one with pitch. So it's kopar, it's shape with the voice of the mouth within. Not out, not, not out here, right? Where? I see a lot of praying with their mouth and their heart is like totally fearful. And that's why they don't get a lot of prayer. Follow me? I would rather you say nothing and just go within. Because proclaim it within. Got it? So here's what that last one says. It's, they added a, a bet to it. Now bet, bet's what again? The house. So he says, what you cover inside the house is what you're going to experience on the outside. Let me just summarize this for you. There's all kinds of lies going on. Hey, the, the biggest lie of all is God doesn't love you and he's separated from you because of your behavior. Paul says, nothing can separate us from the love of God, not even death. Right? Colossians 1 says, everything that's been created is in him. It's the preposition in. And there's not anything. John says the same thing. There's not anything that was created that is not in him. Follow me? So that's a biggie because they quote, they basically see Jesus on the cross and they quote Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right? They should read the end because what does the end of Psalm 22 say? You heard my cry and you didn't turn your face from me. Amen? It's actually beautiful. So the blood of Jesus speaks way better things than the blood of Abel. So when man, Cain, kills Abel, what does the blood speak? Vengeance. Somebody's got to pay. Now, Jesus, the blood of Jesus, has to speak better than that. So what does the blood of Jesus speak? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And Brad sent me this thing. It's a really beautiful picture. It's uh, a picture of the Pope, and behind him is this painting or sculpture, and it's got Judas dead with his tongue hanging out. And the next picture is the great shepherd Jesus with Judas on his shoulders bringing him back to the Father. So beautiful to me. So beautiful. Anyway, do you get this? So if you, the biggest lie is your behavior separates you from the blessing of God. Doesn't the, the story of the prodigal son completely destroy that one? Doesn't it? Moses, Moses what? Take your shoes off. You're not worthy to stand on this holy ground with me. Moses has to die, guys. The law has to die. That's what Galatians 4 said. Throw it out. It's about the old covenant. Doesn't it? It says it's not about Isaac and Ishmael and Hagar and me throwing somebody out. I love everybody. It's, it's about the two covenants. But if you read it literally, you're never going to get that, are you? You're never going to get it. In fact, most of you guys still think that Ishmael's the Jew. Or Ishmael. <laughs> I gave it away. Ishmael is who? The Muslims. But go read it. It says... It says the covenant given on Mount Sinai, which is in slavery and bondage, which is the Jerusalem right now. Well, who's in Jerusalem right now at that time? The Jews. But Sarah, throw that, well, throw, throw that covenant that was given on Mount Sinai out because Sarah is the mother of us all. It's one of Paul's alls, his pas, all, 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 all. So, oh, you getting this? So, if you believe a lie about yourself, what are you going to experience? A lie. If you believe a lie about God, what are you going to experience? A lie. 
There were lies in those days, Nephilim, right? But Noah went within and started planting seeds of life in his inner chamber. He saw through the eyes of the Lord, your inner eyes. Got it? And whatever we plant in our heart, we're going to experience what? That fruit, we know not how, but we will receive that harvest. Doesn't he say that? It's the parable of parables, the kingdom. If you don't understand that parable, you're going to mess it all up, is what Jesus said. So this is the parable of parables. Isn't that beautiful? It's such a better thing than going, be a good boy and girl, or God's going to wipe out everybody like in the days of Noah. That's spiritual abuse, in my opinion. That causes so much fear in people. And I, I, I can't tell you how many quote-unquote Christians that all of a sudden they, they, that you and I would go, oh, they're saved. Of course they're saved, etc. Does their life look saved? They're miserable. They're miserable. They're, typically their marriages suck. And then we blame it on the wife, and she's Jezebel, and we got to kick that thing out. And I was joking about that today on our prayer team. I was like, hey, you try to tell my wife get the spirit of Jezebel out of you. She, you're going to fire her up, man. She's a little... She's full of life. <laughs> right? She'll show you what size eight feels like. So, and uh, I'll show you what Jezebel is. So it's not about that. Like we were talking about Ashley, is it? It's about, so what's with the animals? Martha, you said that, right? So what's with the animals? What's with the animals? What does Jesus say? Peter, Peter, he has the vision, right? You're going to go to Cornelius's house. He has this vision. He says, now go kill and eat. And what was Peter's response? No way. I haven't been to Red Lobster ever. Right? <laughs> huh? And then what does Peter get it? He gets the vision. What does he get? But what's the, what are the animals about? Clean and unclean. Don't call Cornelius unclean. There's nothing I've created that's unclean. Go eat. So what's the deal? What's Noah's Ark? He says, listen, the parable of parables says this. It's like seeds. Whatever you plant there, what's going to happen? That's what's going to grow. So he says, I'm going to take two of every unclean animal. And how many pairs of clean animals? Seven. Not two. I know all your books. You just can't read your book very well. So... Seven. What's the number seven? Perfect, clean, perfection, right? Follow me? So what's he saying? Take the pair of each. What he's saying is you have the creative ability of God within yourself to create anything. Follow me? So if you take a, if you take a, uh, if you take a male and female naked mole rat, I just love those things. That's why I like to use it. Just because I'm like, oh, that's my question to God. I'm like, what's that about? Come on. There's no good thing about that naked mole rat. So the hawks think it's pretty good. But like, uh, if a male and female naked mole rat are within the ark, what's it going to produce? More naked mole rats. It's the parable. It's the parable of parables. Whatever you plant there is going to return. You have the creative ability within yourself. You, take, you get to choose. You choose what you desire, right? Choose life. And whatever my heart, whatever I consistently put in here, what's it going to produce? Exactly what I put in there. That's what it's about. Follow me? You get it? Isn't it a better story? It's so beautiful. So anyway, that's what he's saying. We contain the male-female ability to create everything we need within. We replace the lies, which is Nephilim, Nephal, 
and create a new life from within. What you shape within is what you experience outside. That's, that's what the whole thing's about. That's what the parable of parables is about. It's what Noah's Ark is about. You're the wooden ark that has the creative ability of God within it. Amen? All right, last slide. I think it's the last slide. Uh, yeah, okay. So we good? All right. So just like the parable of parables, the creative ability of God dwells where? The wooden ark. The two wooden sticks with the Ark of the Covenant on top of it. Doesn't that look a lot like us? Sure looks a lot like you and I, right? And then Paul says, oh, by the way, that is you. The, the tabernacle of all these types and shadows in the Old Covenant is about you. You're carried on two wooden sticks covered with gold. Acacia wood covered with gold. So we have flesh, we have the, the man, but we also have divinity because gold is divine, right? Get it? So the same word tava, make for yourself a tava and ark, is the same exact word where it says Moses was placed in a tava of reeds. It's the same ark. Isn't that interesting? Two, two wooden sticks with a covering on it was his salvation. It's fascinating, isn't it? All right, so faith comes from what? It's the hearing, hearing, if you look at it. And it's not this. It's because most of the word of faith, how you're taught is just keep hearing the word. Get into the word more. Tongues more. More, 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 more. That'll wear you out. Right? It's causing more atheists than I know. It's like, it's really fascinating. It's true. And so, but also we show them what we're doing. Like, you mean, you mean God loves me and I can have my healing? I can have my abundance? I can have everything now? Yeah. I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. It's yours right now. I can serve a God like that. Thank God. I tell you what, your marriage will get better. Everything starts to work in your life when, you're, when you just know he loves you perfectly. Faith becomes effectual and dunamis by love, not by scolding you or warning you. It just doesn't work. Right, Reuben? just forces you to go, I don't even like this God anymore, do you? Remember when I, when I, I loved life until I got saved and I had to tell him about this angry God. Like, no way. You know, I don't, I, he's my friend. I don't want to tell him that. Well, be bold about it. No, he's really going to get ticked. Right? <laughs> so, in fact, this is so funny because Brad and I were in, in this store and this lady was like, her, she looked like she was going to sneeze. And I go, oh, bless you. And uh, she's like, no, no, I have a muscle condition that makes me do that. And I'm like, oh, oh. So we get to talking and she's Jewish. So, oh, here we go, Right? The, the, the Jewish people and the Muslims are so fun to me. They're, they're the easiest people in the world. I don't know why all you guys are making it so hard. It's because of the separation. You think you've got to get them in. So you want to kill them in the name of your God, and they want to kill you in the name of their God. Wow, that's great. Jesus comes and he says, you've heard it said, kill in the name of my God, but I say what to your enemies? Love them. He, he totally corrects the, the old covenant on the Sermon on the Mount. It's tough. It's tough. You Christians should look at it one time. It's really hard. Kind of throws your theology out the window. It's red letters even. Has to be true. Jesus said it. So, what? What? Oh, oh, oh. So, anyway, she's, she's got this stuff, right? Sorry. And so she's Jewish, and so I start talking to her. I was like, oh, you would love our services. I'm Christian, but you would love it, because I teach a lot from the Old Covenant, and, and your book, and, and, it, and it's awesome. And I said, by the way, we have the same father, Abraham's the, Abraham and Sarah are the father of all. It's a really beautiful story. And uh, I said, you can, you can come to the services and she would love it. I said, even if you're Jewish. And then she goes, uh, well, why wouldn't I? We have free will. Blanket. 
<laughs> so it was so awesome. And so I told Brad, I said, here's what I'd encourage you to do, guys. Don't be the weirdo. I told Brad after this, I go, I'm going to create a relationship with that lady so she trusts me. Then I'll ask to pray for her and heal her. Does that make sense? Because then she'll trust me. She knows I love her. I'm not trying to go, I'm a Christian. I got to get you in. And yeah, I, I'm so excited. I know, I guarantee you she'll be healed. I'm so excited about it. So anyway, she's a little clerk in Monument. So, all right. What were we talking about? Okay, so faith. See, once you get it, he says, what you do within, you're going to experience without. So I really believe this, is faith comes from understanding how the kingdom works. He says, it's my father's great pleasure to give you the reins of the kingdom, to give you the kingdom. The kingdom doesn't come by anything physical, observable. Where is it? It's within, is what he says, right? It doesn't come through anything observable. Follow me? It's the smooth stone. It's the smooth sun. The first sun is physical, the hairy man, you and I. But who's going to have rule over this physical? The second sun, the smooth sun, the spiritual sun. First the physical, then the spiritual. And the spiritual shall reign over the physical. What you do within, your eyes within, is what you're going to experience without. So I love this testimony. She's like, you know what? I just started to see my granddaughter and feel her. Thank you, Father, that my daughter's... So she's, she's feeling and seeing inside more than anything, right? Forgets about it, and the daughter's whole. Once you get that it's no harder than that, that what you do between the cherubim, the secret place of the Most High, Lord, teach us how to pray. Our Father, which art in the Spirit, the heavens. The heavens is within, is what he says. To a Jew to this day, they go... Heaven and earth, where heaven and earth meet is the temple. If any man be in Christ, how many things are new? All things are new. So has the new creation come? Scripture says it has already. Doesn't it? It says you are the temple. Hebrews talks about it. You've already come to the, the spiritual Jerusalem, which now is. Religion, I love what Francois says, religion thrives on distance and delay. Not yet. And you're separated. Jesus comes and he goes, uh, don't wait four more months. We've waited 2,000 years. <laughs> he says, don't even wait four months. When does he say the kingdom is, and the harvest is available? Right now. I'm pretty sure back then, 2,000 years ago, now is the same now as 2,000 years later. Isn't it? He's telling us the end of time. I'm warping some of you guys, I know, but it's so wretched and fresh to me. It's like, holy smokes. Oh, once you start to get that, hey, is God all-powerful? Does it say his, in his presence is fullness of? Then why are so many Christians so grumpy? You're obviously not in his presence. Are you? I'm serious. Right? For, the, for the, the spirit of heaviness I've given you what, as Isaiah 61 says? Joy and jubilation, right? For death I've given you life. For shame I've given you double when did he give it? Yes. Just say yes. Yes, I have it. He says, it's now. Don't wait four months. You can have it now. Follow me? You can have it now. Where's the harvest? Plant the seeds in here, and whatever you plant in there, we don't know how. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn, but you will receive the harvest. Amen, right? So what do you want? What do you want? Don't make it any harder than this. Most of you guys are still praying to a distant God. You're praying for a God out here. Follow me? But the mystery that's been hidden for ages but is now revealed is where is Christ, the anointed one? In you. 
within. The Jerusalem within. All the scriptures say the same thing, actually. Follow me? Noah, build an ark, and what you dwell on in there is what you do on the inside is what's going to see on the outside. So if you're going to speak and proclaim anything, it's not Jesus out here. It's the inner, right? Kopar within is what he says. Kopar in the secret place. Here's what every neuroscientist would ever. That's, what, that's why I love neuroscience. I, I just absolutely love it. Because I don't care what you say. These, these Christians are just, it, it's driving them crazy. Because they're literally curing stage four cancers in four days. Is that better than let's go pray to God and hopefully he'll do it six months from now, make him go through chemo? Which is better to you? Well, no, because that's of the devil. That's crazy talk, guys. That is crazy talk. That woman, that single mom could give a rip. She just wants to be whole. Follow me? Now, what's going to have her believe in a good God? You yelling at her? Or going, are you kidding me? I'm whole? What makes this woman fall in love with God again? Holy smokes, I don't need hip surgery and my daughter's healed. Gratitude times 100. Doesn't that sound like for the spirit of heaviness, joy? Religion beat her up. She's got spirit of joy right now. Hallelujah, man. <laughs> I don't care what people say. I want her to be whole and her granddaughter to be whole, right? You can go yell at her as much as you want. So, so what do you want? This is the question I've set before you, life and death. What do you want? So here's what you do. Instead of praying to this distant God, follow me? Believe you have received it, then you'll have it. That's ARS tense, meaning past tense. It's already happened with continuing results, right? Most people, let's say you're praying for an amount of money. I get this a lot. I'm going to try try make sure you understand this. Whether you're praying for healing, whether you're praying for a breakthrough financially, whether you're praying for a breakthrough in your relationships, it doesn't come from begging God to do it for you. That's the biggest mistake I think people make. Go with the eyes of the Lord within. And what the Father sees you do within, in the secret place of the Most High, he will reward you externally. Don't use a bunch of words like the, like the religious people do because the spirit realm is not visible. It's not observable. It's in here, right? You got it? So let's say, let's say you're, you're, you're praying for financial breakthrough. I hate that. When did the breakthrough happen? I've already given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. Take the unlimited power of the spirit and shape it within. Cough it. Give it shape. Right? You get it? The only thing that... This is where neuroscience, I go, they can do it over and over and over and over and over and over and over. If you want anything in the change in your life, here's how you do it. It comes from the pictures you create in your mind and the words you speak to yourself within your self-talk. That's it. That's the kingdom of God within. And what you do within is what you're going to experience without. So let's just finish with this. So some guy, so he, you want a financial breakthrough. It does not come. You're going to be disappointed if you go, Lord, please bless me. Throw me a bone. I hear this a lot. Like, throw me a bone. <laughs> I've thrown you like a zillion bones. <laughs> please take what I've already given you. Come into the house, the prodigal son, right? I don't feel worthy to receive his blessing. And what does the father say? You're not under the law. You're not Moses. Put shoes on. Put the ring of authority on and come into the house. Right? And let's feast on the fatted calf. Feast within the house is what he's saying there. Got it? So if you want financial breakthrough, here's what you do. 
you see yourself as that person that's already received it. Now, how would you think? How would you feel? How would you, what would you be doing on a daily basis if, if that was already true about your life? You see it happen here and rest. The seed of life you plant in the inner chamber will bring it to pass. You're the ark. Does that help you? So let's say, let's say this, uh, this person was praying for, well, let's use some of the testimonies we're doing. Hey, I want a house, but I don't have the money for it. How do you do it? Naturally, what would we start doing? Saving. Right? That's mass trying to push mass. That's you trying to do it in your own effort. What did this couple do? I saw myself looking out my bedroom window in my office looking at a view of the mountains on 35 acres. And you heard their testimony. It feels so awesome, Lord. I'm so thankful. Believe you have received it, then you have it, right? It feels so good to have this. Thank you, Father. They get a call. Come meet us on these 38 acres. Where do you want your house? No planning, no saving, no nothing. They got out of the mass trying to change mass. They came into the house and received it. Amen? Hey, I'm a teacher. I'm in Dubai, and they're just crushing me. I've got way too many kids. I cry to myself to sleep every night. I'm just sharing the testimonies because this is what they did. What do you want? (laughs) My parents were teachers. I want to work four hours a day, half a year, my house paid for on a beach, and six vacations a year, two to four weeks at a time, business class. Now, I want you to go down to District 20 and go, hey, I'm applying for that teacher job. And this, is the, <laughs> this is what's in it. What do they tell you? It's, it's in, impossible. It doesn't exist. But how many things are possible to him who believes? All. Four months later, I showed you the pictures. Everything she wanted. She didn't do it in the flesh. She didn't do it any other way, but she went within. The salvation, the healing, the whole, the sozo. Guard your heart and mind with everything because that's where it's at. You got it? So you see it is already done. So instead of praying for healing, what do you see yourself doing? A great way is to see me sharing your testimony up here. Wow, I'm so thankful. I'm sharing my testimony completely whole and vibrant. And God, I can't believe how awesome God is. That'll come to pass. We know not how, but what you plant there will come to pass. Got it? That's it. You can get to your feet. Amen? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stump Chris Abeda. Father, because I'm not going to take seven minutes. <laughs> he always gives me a hard time. So, because uh, I usually do that. So I'm going to do 30 seconds. Father, we love you. We praise you. We magnify you. Oh, you're so good. We are that wooden ark. Everything that we need for life and godliness within. So when we pray, we're not begging you. You're, we, we receive. We receive the inheritance you've already provided for us. So as we picture it in our minds as already complete and tell ourselves within that it's already complete and completely trust that, that'll come to pass in ways we have no idea, but we will come, it will come to pass and we'll just continue to be in awe of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, Mike, I see what you're doing. Hey, if you want to give, uh, like I said, if you want to give to inspire um, you can either do set it up monthly or you can just go to freedomministries.org and give. So, Father, we just thank you that what you're doing, and as they give, they see it come back a hundredfold in their life. So they see it. 
is already done. What would adding two zeros to what you give feel like? What would you do with it? See that happen, and that'll come to pass. That's the kingdom. Amen? So thanks, brother. You can give on the way out or give online. Here you go. So God bless you guys.